And welcome back. I'm Mike with the Turntable Teachers. Class is officially back in session. We are back with another guest speaker episode via Zoom. And I'd love to introduce to you guys today uh, a good friend of ours, Mako. He is from uh, originally from Raynham and now lives in the Newton Brighton area. And we are so excited to have him on the show today. Mako, how are you today, my man? Doing great. Yeah, thank you for uh, having me. I like your I like your sound. I think it's super unique. Uh, you really have like a nice indie rap, but also kind of almost like you border on the line of like some neo soul and even like even some uh, you you're basically just bringing a lot of different kind of eclectic sounds in your music. So I was kind of just curious, like first of all, like where'd you kind of get the influences to do this type of hip hop? Even though this you know this type of hip hop is pretty, I would say pop like getting more popular nowadays, but you know, my question to you is kind of how did you sort of get into finding this sound for your music and what kind of made you start to like want to create music in the first place? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, you know, I, I feel like in the past I'd kind of like overthink this question, but it's, it's gotten like clearer and clearer kind of why I sound like I sound and, and why I make the music I make. So I'd say it's kind of like, you know, it's like a typical um story as far as what my parents used to play like it wasn't anything too left field like my dad was definitely a music lover like had the old uh bows like you know speakers that like stood on the you know little stands and a great system that had like i think it was like eight you know eight cds on the turntable so he was playing like a lot of neil young uh crosby stills nash and young um then like you know stuff like uh earth wind and fire uh some marvin gay um fleetwood mac oh, wow. uh huge fleetwood mac yeah yeah oh love fleetwood mac so when i started to think about it like um, you know that- i was like, oh hell yeah <laughs> okay yeah i mean that's that's beyond the classic that's just like oh, unbelievable um yeah and i like the collection you got behind behind us by the way it's pretty awesome yeah like i said um, i got I got, a, I got a bunch more here i got i got i got a bunch you just mentioned i got marvin gay i got fleetwood uh sinatra i got over here as well yeah like i'm i'm with you man because a lot of these guys were played in my household too like earth wind and fire was another one neil young was played in my household elton sure. john was a big one for sure too so like i hear you with a lot of these a lot of these yeah, artists yeah. yeah 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 and um you know because and my mom um she loved like she she was a little more like i guess like passive in her music listening but she she liked music too like i think her she was more like james taylor um you know like diana ross um and so um it was kind of just I, I was always listening to music but um i didn't really I didn't really have a have a clue that I was like really destined to make music for a long time. Um, and then I, I kind of, you know, where I was listening to a lot of stuff sort of 
you know, not by my choice, although I en- enjoyed most of it. I got pretty like from from fifth grade, like through middle school, I got like really obsessive with like just Little Wayne. <laughs> I was like mixtape era. Like I just remember one summer I found mixtape Wayne. You know, Drought Three, Dedication, Dedication Two, um, and it was just all all I played. And that's like, I think a lot of people say this too. It's like Wayne was what kind of made them love uh, hip hop. You know, um, and then I dove you know deeper, of course, like into into older hip hop and Tribe Called Quest and uh, you know all, all different stuff. Lauren Hill, I kind of. Um, I've always gravitated towards writers. Like, I love Neil Young for that reason. I think he's one of the greatest writers ever. Um, I, I think, you know, Kendrick, of course. I uh, love Kendrick. Um, and then, you know, so that was sort of the influence. Um, and it's funny, fast forward current day, I'm kind of listening to I kind of have gone a totally different direction as I started to make music. So it's sort of, it's funny how that goes, but yeah. That's cool though. Cause like, it was always so funny you say about, about Wayne, like I think everyone that was our age in that middle school era, like you're saying, so you're talking probably any, anywhere between 2005 and 2009, roughly. Right. With, with, with Wayne, right. Uh, the best, like the best run ever. Yeah, he really did, man. Like, I, I would say from the Carter one with all those mixtapes in between to the Carter three, yeah. that Crazy. was like, I agree, maybe one of the best runs in hip hop history, potentially. I actually remember being in eighth grade going on to away to a DC trip. We did like the DC trip every year or whatever. And uh, when I was in eighth grade, we went. And I remember the morning I woke up, I woke up at 4 30 in the morning to download. Yeah the carter three to make sure i had it on my little world yeah oh absolutely man like set the alarm for 4 30 made sure i had carter three on my little yeah. player that i had or maybe even like ipod at that point i don't even know and made yeah. sure i had it on for the drive down there because we took like a, you know, like one of those big buses and that's so bro listen yeah. to the entire way down the whole 10 hour ride i was like just repeating the car to three and i wasn't all i wasn't alone like all my friends the same way you know I, i've um i've heard that uh there was another version of the car to three i think actually some of it randomly leaked like on twitter yeah. about a few few months ago and it was that version's crazy too but i think it all obviously happened how it should because that one of the best selling hip hop records of all time like yeah, that's that's a classic, and I, yeah. you know, it's just funny like how some music like that takes you back to those moments. You know what I mean? Like I, I definitely liked the Carter, what Carter's one and two. I, I probably more so two than one. In my opinion, I've always I, I liked one, but for me, love- it was it was always three, two, one for me, just personally. Like in that row, I don't even count four and and five in that. Sorry. Yeah, basketball game or whatever it is like pump up music yeah absolutely man i mean like five had five and four definitely had their moments but they weren't like i I, in my opinion they weren't like full fledged like you know front to back uh projects first three the thing is like i will um you know 
I do not tolerate well the the Wayne slander from you know I think most people are pretty much like no he he's he's a goat but there's you know a few people who are like oh he hasn't made a good album and so on and like I'm I'm with you on um on four and five like and maybe I kind of just grew out of like some of the stuff he he is rapping about or whatever it is but um it, still though I'm like till the day I die I'll be like Wayne is one of the greatest ever. Well, yeah, you can say that about, it's actually funny. I don't know if you've seen on, on the social media, like TI versus 50 cent right now. That's like, that's like going around. I don't know if you've, you've seen that. They're like, they're kind of they're not beefing, but they're kind of going back at it. Like trying to, they're basically trying to say like, oh, who has like the best discography essentially. Like who's, who's shit's better. And that's interesting. The, the, it's funny because all those guys i don't feel like they're obviously like they're not really that relevant anymore like in terms of their music like 50 50 yeah. a relevant person like in you know you know in the media and in, in, in mainstream media and, and uh power you know, and all that power, obviously right having power and and things like that but in terms of music like, i don't really see 50 i know i know he like executive produced that new pop smoke record which is which is pretty decent yeah I, yeah it is I um I don't know yeah. though. Same with Ti. Like, but they're but in in terms of like they're rap moguls. I mean, it, I mean, obviously, then Ti was on um, Rhythm and Flow on the Netflix special that that, that was on. Yep. So they're still. And then Wayne obviously has still has his uh, you know his Young Money Radio that's kind of getting big right now and as podcasts. Yeah, stuff. I like that. I don't know. I I would have to sit and think about the Ti uh, Fifty One. I just know personally. I, I grew up listening to more 50 cent i think but uh i remember hearing uh i was at a basketball game and i forget where exactly but i remember like clear as day at halftime they played rubber uh rubber band man by uh ti and i was just like oh his song is something else this beat is crazy like no that was one of my early like i mean i must have been in third grade so that was like you know, I wasn't listening to like too much rap before then. Right. No. Yeah. Rubber Band Man was off. Uh, what was that? That trap music album that he put yeah. out. Like, yeah. In 2000, yeah. 2003. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, so, all right. So if, so, to, so tip for tat, you're going 50 versus TI. You're, you're leaning towards 50 on that one. Yeah. But th- you know, I don't have too much clout in this. Cause like, it's not like I've combed through both of their discographies, but you know, just like from what I went through, like, you know, I, I like the, when I found um, Power of the Dollar by 50, which was like before he, like, you know, his, his jaw got messed up or whatever that was before he got shot and yep. stuff. Um, I was, I was shocked back in the day when I heard that, like, he just sounded so much younger and so much different when he rapped, but he's been rapping for a long, long time. Like, sure. having said that for me personally, I think T.I. has the stronger discography in terms of like his catalog. But yeah. I think 50 has the best album out of both of them. I think Get Rich is the best album, personally. Yeah. I mean, for sure. that That's like hard to even debate, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When Get Rich came out, dude, like I feel oh like that's what everybody was. It's kind of the same thing with Carter 3. Like everyone was... Yeah album like there wasn't you couldn't find anybody that wasn't listening to that album and we were young when that shit came out i remember like begging my parents like to get it oh yeah they were like yeah the the edited version so i ended up getting the edited version 
but it's, it's so funny <laughs> like years later yeah. I, I i listened to it ex- like for the first time again because it was like you know i, I yeah. got to the explicit version a few years later <laughs> yeah no that's i remember my friend got uh encore i think by, by eminem um yeah, yeah, yeah. and like he, he like snuck out of the store with the unedited version the parents <laughs> didn't really, and like they did realize and they were like yo we gotta go back and get the edited version <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> all right so you were in the same boat as me i mean we were young though back then dude like that like if you're i mean I, we're around the same age as me so like the, you know in terms of during then i mean yeah like i said we were probably third or fourth grade when those yeah. albums fifth grade wow yeah right um but that's i think it's super kind of going back to some of the stuff you were saying a little earlier about some of your influences i hear you know especially with your new ep good grief that just dropped which i i want to talk about next for sure but i guess i guess this is a good segue but i love how you actually you know there are some you can really hear those fleetwood mac neil young like though i can really hear that influence in your music and now like hearing you talk about this now it actually makes a ton of sense kind of get, digging back into it that you kind of were able to bring in that those more like mm-hmm. i said soul driven soft rock indie alternative like what like all those kind of different you know, mix in with the hip-hop that you create so now like i definitely you know when there's a album up by artists i like i'm i'm still pressing play and like have certain things in rotation but I've just been playing like on Spotify the uh, state of state of jazz playlist. Okay. Just like straight through like I don't know what it is like sometimes when I'm trying to write and like it doesn't necessarily always help to hear new flows from other people. Like sometimes it can be inspiring, but sometimes it's just too much when like I need to come up with something unique and kind of try to outdo myself. So I'll just like you know flip it over to like jazz sometimes or or even just a total different like genre that I just feel I'm not really in the same bubble as and um so yeah that's kind of like where I'm at lately with with you know at least what I'm listening to and whatnot no I think that that's definitely something that I don't think you're alone in that necessarily like even someone like me like I'm not a obviously I'm not an artist but you know with what a lot of the things that I do like when if I'm like you know if I'm doing like curriculum work or I'm like grading papers or I'm doing something like that. I like listening to like instrumental lo-fi hip hop or jazz. Like I love that shit. I actually feel like with you, like the lyrics can get in the way a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Of like what you're trying to do. I feel like you can kind of immerse yourself in that instrumentation and kind of, and kind of, so that's, that's really cool. Like technique that you've used. So, so do you find that helps with your writing process? Like, listen to yeah that. for sure like and um i've done a lot of like trial and error on my writing process because if you were to say like right you know right now like oh we'll throw on a beat like and write something in your living room like it would nine times out of ten kind of just be trash and uh but i think i've kind of started yeah i've started to crack the code recently where it's like there's a part i don't really know the psychology but i definitely think there's a part of your brain that does well or, or mine at least that does well um being somewhat distracted or focused on something else like you know some people say they'll you know have thoughts in the shower um for me like i wrote my whole last album dead center looking around driving like on my commute 
um and not wrote it but you know i would like if i had an idea i would like record it and you know come come back home write it out um and when i'm at the studio lately i'll just like throw up a tennis ball and be like thinking of stuff as i do it so that's been a weird like little development too but it's it's helping me like i really i really look at it as like a, um it's such a game and it's such a um there's there's just a code to crack i don't really know how to explain it but it's it's never ending yeah, there doesn't seem like I think with those these processes with artists, I don't I don't I've come to find like with enough artists I've talked to, there's no really like rhyme or reason to it. And I don't think that and then I think your process can certainly change, right? I mean, you're setting like I think a lot of factors play into it. I think like maybe what you're going through during that particular time in your life, I think that plays a factor. I think setting for sure plays a factor. You know what I mean? And then and then you're like all the things you're saying too, like, you know, kind of utilizing some other you know, mundane tasks that you might not think about. Like, I know like you're like, I agree with you. There's a lot of people that say, you know, I find, I think of my best things in the shower. I, I even, I even feel that way for sure too. But yeah, like just like I said, small mundane things, like you're saying, like driving and throwing a tennis ball in the air, or just kind of sitting and listening to some jazz. Like it's that must right. that kind of makes the wheels turn a little bit and, and gets it kind of flowing a little. Yeah. For sure. It, it gets the, uh, the chatter brain kind of, out of the way for whatever, you know, needs to, needs to move in. So, Definitely. yeah. I kind of have a couple questions about the good grief EP. Uh, obviously sure. very rooted in uh, this indie hip hop scene that, you know, I think is kind of, I think sprouting. I think there's a lot of good indie hip hop out there right now. I think at the forefront of it in, you know, uh, in Boston, I think you're one of the names that people really should be looking into if they like indie hip hop, but in terms hey, of, oh, of course, but in terms of the EP itself, so talk to me a little bit about the process kind of creating that. Cause I know there's a little bit of a, like, a, like almost a, I don't want to say a story, but there's kind of a storyline in itself or like a, each song kind of blends into one another as, as almost like feelings in a way. Um, so talk mm -hmm. to me a little bit about the process of creating this EP and uh, yeah. also kind of the reception that you've got from it. So I went from, my album dead center looking around in 2018 i was like oh i'm gonna make you know i'm gonna make an epic like you know i think i i was in that romantic state of mind of like i need like a uh you know my good kid man city and here i am with you know no fans like <laughs> it, it was lofty i'm glad i did it but it was very lofty and um and it was it was a whole like sonic journey it was it was basically the metaphor was the hive like i got real obsessed with honeybees for whatever reason and um it was a journey from outside of the hive flying to the dead center you know dead center looking around and flying out and kind of the emotional journey um you know of what i was going through like painted throughout lens and it was i think it's 15 songs um whole you know whole ass lp and uh, it took, you know, a year. Um, I was in the studio a ton. And then, you know, things things change, things grow. I, I dropped some singles. I was I was in a band called Winona and the Riders for a while. Um, but fast forward, good grief. <clears throat> and it all happened in, in three days. Um, yeah, so... Um, I went out to so really the the album is um 
centered around loss of all different sorts. Um, so, you know, I, I had a tough, a pretty tough 2018, late 2018, 2019, um, that, you know, and, and you'll hear some of it in the album, but lost a few, a couple family members. I lost my grandpa. And then in September, I lost my dad. Um, and, um, you know, ha- had a couple other tough things like the band kind of stopped playing, um, you know, relationship ended, uh, I got my appendix out. It was just like one thing after the other, after the other. Um, and it, it knocked me out for a while. Like, and I wasn't even really focused on music. I was just trying to like stop spinning. Um, but then when my dad passed, that was a different type, you know, all those other things tough, but that was just a whole different, um, magnitude as far as, as far as loss goes. And, uh, I, of course you do all the things you need to do, support your family, whatever, you know, not, not trying to dive too deep into that, but, but I say all that to say eventually, or very quickly, actually, I was like, I gotta, I gotta make something. I'm going to explode. <laughs> like right. it was only, and that's that's when I knew, you know, like, and it took me a little bit to realize this, but that's when I knew this is more than like a hobby to me. This is more than like blowing like blowing up or whatever. It is. This is like literally when when artists say like, oh, it's like therapy to me. Like, you know, therapy is one thing and it and it's good, but this is like therapy for the like abstract almost like. It's for what you can't say out loud to a, a therapist. I rhyme it, and um, and I've expressed myself better in rhymes. I think through like I have a line. I think that's like uh, I wish I'd spoken rhymes, like because I just feel like I articulate myself better that way. But anyway, kind of just going on a rant. But good grief was I flew out to California, um, and my buddy Dave, who is behind all my music, incredible uh, producer Dave Chapman. Um, he was in Brighton, moved out to LA, Santa Monica, runs a studio there. And I was like, look, man, I gotta, I gotta come out. We gotta make something. And, um, and I flew out in October, three weeks after all this happened. And he was just like, look, man, if we, if we sit here and just chill and talk for three, whatever, four days, whatever it was, um, that's cool. If we make a million songs, that's cool too. Let's just like do what you want to do. And, uh, you know, it's a tough time. And I was like, all right. And, um, you know, from there we, we made it happen. And I was, you know, I said quite a few prayers that something good would come of it. Cause I wanted to honor, honor my dad. Man. So first of all, so thank you for sharing all of that with us today and uh, sure. all of our listeners and all your fans too, that probably can hear a little bit of that pain in your music, but maybe didn't know the whole backstory behind it potentially. Uh, and obviously, like, you yeah. know, my deepest condolences to you and, and your family. And, uh, you know, it sounds like your dad was, you know, somebody that was special and definitely had a lot of a really great, yeah, really had a great uh, impact on you. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, you know, he was at like, he was definitely at almost every show. And um, he'd always say like, you know, like, but Maddie, I think you got to, uh, He's like, these are good. These like, these are some good songs, good melodies, good rhymes. He's like, I think you got to pick up a guitar though, man. Like, I really think you got. And so, uh, I'm like learning guitar right now. Um, 
I'm not ready to bring it on the stage, but I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> Your music, though, that would be sweet. I haven't seen a ton of that, like somebody rapping while also playing guitar. That could be, that could be a, a very unique thing that maybe not a lot of people do. For sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, the plan is hatching in my head, but it's taking a little longer. I wasn't as much of a natural with guitar as like, I feel like writing came easy to me and just kind of, it, it never, like, you know, I always worked to get better. Like, um, but off the bat, I feel like I was already at like a certain level where I felt confident, but with the guitar, it's like, Oh, this isn't it. This isn't it yet. <laughs> But you seem to obviously have, you have that background with, with music, mm. definitely have a great ear for melody, a great ear for like instrumentation and different kind of blends of it. So I think that with due time, I think it's going to come. And obviously I think you're, it sounds to me like you're super motivated to, to do it right. For a lot of reasons, not only for yourself, but for your pops. And I think that yep. that's amazing. Really it is. And you know, I, it, it's, you. One of, it's one of those things that I always find with music in, in particular, this happens with music. I mean, you can use it in a bunch of different other like creative outlets. I think that when you, yeah. when you go through something like in something as significant and as difficult as you did, I think that's yeah. the pain really is what brings out the best music. In, in, in a lot of the, I think in a lot of cases, I think that that is, that is the truth. It's a tough truth because, you know, then there's a, there's a line where it kind of, it starts to get romanticized or, um, you know, I think it can be tragic in, in some cases where like artists feel like they need, or, you know, it's, I think it's a touchy subject, but like, I think, in certain instances, artists feel like they need to be a tortured soul to to make that music. Um, but you know, when you are dealt the cards, like there was no stopping that that last year it happened. And so I'm with you there that like you might as well take it. And those are intense, strong emotions, no matter what. So once you put them into music majority of the time like you said it's going to be it's going to be something special yeah something beautiful can come from that pain and i think that that's so it's kind of funny you mentioned that too because there's this author that i really like a lot uh her name is chimamanda ngozi adichie i'm not sure if you're like into literature or books or anything like that but i don't think i, I don't know so she's an author she's a nigerian author and she has this ted talk called the danger of the single story and essentially in it she claims you know um, a lot of writers in particular too, you know, the kind of the, the saying is, you know, you had to, you know, go through some shit. I mean, she doesn't say it this way. I'm paraphrasing, but essentially you have to go through some shit in order to like be a good writer or be a good musician or whatever the case. And so she says, like, I used to try to think of like horrible things that my parents used to do to me. Right. Or that in order to kind of get in that headspace. But the truth is like, I, yeah from a lot like a loving household and like i didn't really have a lot of this right. you know we claim that we're st these like to make it big or to like you know be a major label yeah. like that or a, a big movie producer or you're supposed, to, you're supposed to come from some kind of of pain i mean it can and i think a lot of beautiful things yeah. do but it doesn't have to mm. you know? okay, but it's it's no i've been like diving deeper into my 
meditation practice and doing like a, a course uh, called the power of awareness. It's with um, Tara Brock and Jack uh, Cornfield, um, both like kind of the Buddhist meditation teachers. Um, and that, that course is kind of convincing me that there's like a lot of, um, there's a lot of beauty to come from joy, uh, you know, and that translates to music too. It just kind of so happens that like, I wouldn't say my stuff is sad because I, I always try to paint it with hope. Like it, hope needs to be weaved into all of my projects because I feel a lot of hope, like, and I think that's something, you know, maybe uh, internal and something that my parents instilled in me too. But um, so I try to keep it as real as I can with with the hardships in the in the trauma, in the pain, in the hurt. But like, as long as that thread of hope runs through it, then I know it's not a downer to people. Um, and that's kind of like where you know, that's where I feel like my um, space sort of sort of is right now at least yeah well i think even sonically right in the way in which like i said the instrumentation it matches exactly what you're saying right like the oh, song yeah, they have a depressing some of them have a depressing kind of connotation or sound to them but they're always yeah. it, there is a glimmer of hope within them as well right like certain like some songs that you have right. even with raspberry you know i feel yeah you're the way you're singing it and the way you're rapping it there's there's really a ton of pain in there but yeah. that high-pitched guitar chord that you use in that i think even though you could True. be it as uh potentially something a little bit like sad i actually agree with you i think there's a glimmer of hope in that kind of thing because it kind of is a little bit on the lighter side right so yeah and and to me there's got to be because trust me there's a there's a time for sad ass me like you know connor oberg or whatever and then there's yeah, yeah. whatever maybe someday you throw on like <laughs> happy by for real i don't know but uh <laughs> exactly i, I kind of land right in the middle there so um that's always like felt good for me too because it feels like it's the best of both worlds like i want to like tell people that life is is real and that we like life can be suffering it doesn't mean life is only suffering but it's like there is suffering and then at the same time like but you know you go through it and you and you go through it uh, grow through it and it is what it is yeah you want to like take that you want to take the suffering and make it almost like a teachable moment and something like say hey like yeah. i you can you can have these moments but it's really about what you do with them after the fact, right? Like once you, cause I think when, in terms of, you know, there is not to, you know, not to kind of be punny with this, but there is a stage of grief that everybody has to go through when they have, in, in, uh, you know, something horrible happened to them. And like, obviously an example, someone like, you know, like, like your father passing like that, there's different stages of that grief. And like one of the stages of course has to be like, allowing yourself to feel and bask in that sadness and those feelings exactly because then you it makes it so much more difficult to ex make accept it and then use it mm -hmm. as, some, as kind of some kind of tool for hope right because if you're kind of still rooted in that sadness 
you're never going to get out of that and you can never push it out to anybody else to see what they're going exactly. through. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the, the stages too, because um, this wasn't something I, I think I made like a post about it and, um, but I didn't, I didn't go too deep on it. So um, there's the Kubler, there's a model called the Kubler Ross model. That's, uh, you know, some people say it's five, some say six, some say seven, but um, I went with like the five stages of grief. So there's like anger, acceptance, denial. Um, and each of the songs loosely lines up with one of those stages. But for the people who want to deep dive, um, and for the people who are really maybe uh, maybe really um, going through grief in the thick of it, the the goal was for them to be like, all right, like, you know, I'm angry, I'm throwing on this track, and kind of like I wanted to dive deep into like what grief actually is, right? And, you know, not just love, but try to really like understand like what's going on when it when it happens. Sure. And I actually kind of, in a sense, kind of like that you called it good grief because you're essentially kind of the play on words there is I know that's kind of a, like a, a saying like, oh, good grief, right? But like, in a sense, though, you're highlighting from the start, hey, man, like, you know, grief is a negative can be seen as a negative thing. But these stages kind of help you get out of that out of grief, right? Like, different stages. Yeah. So I actually like when, you know, people kind of come up with their own thing but um I think weep was it like because at the end of weep I'm basically saying like just cry like just you know you can be in public at a coffee shop and just just cry and so it was kind of me being like this is happening man it's not I can't I can't block it out yeah, um, yeah. for men especially right we yeah. there's this kind of especially in hip-hop I think there's this you know this masculinity complex that where I think we're getting out of it in terms of not mm. society, but the hip kind of the hip hop culture. Cause for so long yeah. hip hop was kind of a tough man's game. Um, right. I, that's a little, I don't not to paint the whole hip hop culture in that broad stroke, but I think a lot of the stuff that was coming out in the forefront, I mean, especially in the nineties, it was more of that like gritty, tougher side of things. Yeah. Right? But oh, yeah. I think now, especially in, in 2020, and even the last 10 years, mm -hmm. the last decade, there's been a lot of hip hop artists that are, and especially men that are getting really in touch with, you know, their emotions. And it's, yeah. and I think as men, you know, or just really not even as men, but just as people to accept, yeah. it, like, just, just understand, Hey man, like it's okay to cry. Right. Man, like, yeah. It was one of those, I always had those, one of those weird complexes myself where it was like, you know, all like I can't, I can't cry, I can't show up. But I'm just more or less like I don't like cry all the time. But it's like, hey, if I feel it, like I'm just gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, it just, it's okay. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it, right? I, I'm not, I'm not lesser of a person because I cried. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it means I'm feeling and I'm growing from that experience. Certain, you know, certain cultures see it as it's funny how it just really depends on where where you're from and and how you grew up, but like. I think certain indigenous cultures see it as like one of the strongest and most healing things you can do. And they like literally see tears as like this sacred thing because the most healing expression. Um, but yeah, like I've never been, um, I've never been too uh, 
concerned with all that. And I think, you know, it, it probably helps, I guess, with, with my music. Cause I've always been an open book. I, I, I want, I want you to know what I'm feeling because beyond it being therapeutic, there's something where if you're looking at somebody and they're expressing themselves freely, um, it's a mirror, it's a mirror for you. And in some way or another, it's usually going to inspire you or move you from, you know, maybe you're a total closed book and you see someone on stage and they just, they just rip it and they just, you know, don't give a shit. And they, they say, they speak from their heart. Um, that might just move you up a peg. You know, maybe you don't become that person on stage, but you start to think like, Hmm, why, why am I so closed off? And, you know, so I think it's just like, we can all help each other in that. No, I, I, I agree. I think that there's a lot, a lot of value in what you just said. And I, I, I too also kind of see it as you're, I always feel like I connect most with the artists that are real, right. And like honest and like that have something important to say. And like, those are the artists I feel like I, I tend to gravitate towards a little bit more. So I feel like with your fans, it's just one of those things where I feel like, you know, they will kind of get you more. And I think you're going to, you keep fans a lot longer, in my opinion. I think you're getting more long lasting fans rather than just kind of like more like clickbaits or like, you know, people that'll mm-hmm. just a single or like, Oh yeah, this is a hot song. Like I dig this. I can bump this in the car, okay. my friends, but you know, how many songs comes out like come out like that every year you're kind of filtering through those tracks there's there's definitely music that kind of stays with you and i mean that's obviously one of the reasons why i want to have you on because with me personally i know a lot of guys on the team really love your stuff but also just, just for me personally though it the ep certainly connected with me and it hit me and i understood kind of where you were going with it and that's why like just congratulations on the project because I think it's brilliant. And I think anybody that hasn't listened to it yet and obviously has been listening to this, you know, this episode, like after the episode, definitely go check out the EP because it's, it's, it's something special. I think you have something really great there. And I think you're, you're, I feel like your dad's super proud, man. I, I, I would I definitely <laughs> would, would believe that hard, hardcore. So. Yeah. Yeah. That means, that means a lot. Um, I think, uh, I think you hit it head on. Like, you know, you might, you might, I get a super fan uh, instead of, you know, a hundred Fairweather fans. But to me, like, what's really kept me doing it um, as long as I have, which isn't that long, but, um, you know, long enough is the messages I get, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 throughout the last couple of years that are like really, really heartfelt. Like, hey, you helped move me through this. Um, sometimes, you know, something seemingly small, but sometimes something major. And uh, I always seem to get those messages at the right time. And, um, you know, I just try to get one fan a day. Yeah, I, there's this book that one of our uh, guys on our team, um, one of our one of our marketing guys, he he's put on, turned on to me for years now. It's, uh, uh, I think it's called like A Thousand True Fans. Thousand, yeah, super fans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And That's if, an amazing. Yeah, you can essentially you know, create a, a business or like a brand or whatever, like whether or really an artist, whatever, like as long as you have a thousand true fans that will kind of ride or die with you, then 
you can make an honest living that way. And like, there's, there's a lot more like, because I think that's super important. I feel like a lot of artists I've talked to lately too. It's like, they're missing doing shows because that's where I feel like they yeah. feel like they connect with a lot of people and fans that way. Oh. And I, I agree, man. Like I, I miss going to shows and like on the opposite side, I actually miss going to shows and meeting artists. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and getting to talk yeah, to yeah. people. So, I miss big time. And, uh, it's too bad about Great Scott, and um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see what what Boston looks like when everything gets back together. But um, I hope more venues open up or just more creative ways to play. Um, yeah, it's funny. My my there's a um, there's a band called Ed Balloon. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of them. Uh, they left. So <clears throat> they left Boston. It's actually my, my friend Dave is, um, he plays uh, guitar, um, and bass in, in the band. And, uh, and Ed is just this amazing front man. And their shows are like, you have, you have to see one of their shows to understand. Like he is dancing the entire show energy through the roof, the entire show, you know, singing obviously as well. Um, and they were just saying like the same thing, like, yeah dude we made a lot of fans through these shows our records are good obviously we believe in our records but these shows were like something else for us and so it's cool how people are getting creative like ed and in the band made a puppet um like it's like a clay puppet and they or someone made it for them sent it to them and they're doing like stop motion animation um and he he actually went like pretty viral on twitter obviously they want to raise money you know do stuff with it um but anyway just saying that to say like people are gonna have to get creative in new ways that like i don't think i'm quite there yet i'm still thinking through it but you know it's a different time same with us too it's like we we want we're actually gearing to do an event like right before the whole quarantine early we were kind of starting to like consider doing one and now it's like one of those things like we don't know when we're gonna do it but i my biggest worry though is actually for the venues that's my biggest concern mm-hmm. like, a lot of them keep their doors open you know we're, we're looking at right now basically mm-hmm. a lot of these venues they're, they're saying not allowed to open until there's a vaccine so like when when is that going to yeah. be when that does happen what does that look like and and how yeah. how are some of these venues going to stay alive like some of the some of the smaller ones that we really hold near and dear to us you know what i'm saying like the middle east's and like the paradise rock clubs like those types yeah. of venues you know i just hope that they make it and, uh, it, and it's it's a little scary dude honestly like and these these, these are people's yeah. business, livelihood at stake like and really like i'd like a place for artists and just fans to kind of not only connect but wind down and enjoy and have fun and there's it's gonna there's gonna be a transition unfortunately and and i i and, it, and it's sad you know it really is yeah talk about talk about grief you know <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah things are changing um but yeah no, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of things going on uh but favorite song from good grief for your person yes your favorite song i heard that that question and then we get off on a don't worry about tangent it. but so, as of today, my favorite song off of Good Grief is All of Pit. Um, 
when I think about trying to get the purest essence like out of me of what I'm feeling with no filter of like ego or you know any any of kind of like the, the lower emotions um that that is it um like I wrote some of it on the plane on the on the way out to LA and then I just like spilled the rest of it out and it was actually it was the first or second song we made um and I'm just really telling you how I feel and really telling you how unfair I think the shit is and and really just being raw and like how I was doubting God and how I you know was in really in the in the thick of it so and just um beyond all that deep stuff the drums on it are just like insane drums are dope. <laughs> so I, I dig that instrument yeah. yeah those are my two favorites actually too would be rat like obviously i've said a million one times so but yeah rat, raspberry and all of it those are definitely my two favorites yeah. on, the, on the ep as well but the whole thing is un- unbelievable so and i really urge everybody else to to go listen to it um yeah so you, you kind of mentioned that you, you do like, you know, you're into meditation and things like that and kind of mindfulness and, and spirituality. Um, yeah. I also kind of noticed just from like your Instagram and um, even your music videos, a lot of just kind of who you are. I feel like nature kind of plays a factor in it in a sense. And I feel like a lot of your music really would, to be honest with you, like if I was in nature, your music would be, you know, what I would personally want to want to go to. And just coming, oh, I was coming from somebody personally who, um, I, I really enjoy hiking. I like being out in nature. I love the beach, but especially like the woods are where I kind of feel like sometimes for me, I, I it, it allows for me to, I feel like a lot of people feel this way that like camping and like hiking. I, I kind of get the sense you yeah. do. I don't want to kind of assume Somewhere. that, you know, for me, uh, it's really a therapeutic thing because mm-hmm. I always feel like after I get out of the woods, yeah. After a long hike or a couple of days camping and hiking, like I just feel so rejuvenated. So I, I, I want to know, I want to kind of hear on your end if that, you know, if for me, I know it, it's therapeutic and helps clear my mind and things like that. I even, I, even my half sleeve is actually kind of dedicated to that as well that my, of tattoos that I have. Cause like, yeah, yeah. I'm so, I'm, I love yeah. that much, but you know, um, and obviously like during the quarantine and things like that and you know everything that's going on in the world i was just to get away i would be just going up to new hampshire just doing a quick trail run for a couple yep. hours just to kind of get my mind kind of right so for you like is is, is nature something that kind of fits in that mold with uh with the mindfulness and the meditation and all that or is that is that something that is kind of rooted there yeah man you, you hit the nail on the head um so i've been into um when I went to college, I just had a, um, you know, it was, it was a great time at UMass, of course, but I just went through a tough little um, transition senior year to freshman year where my anxiety really, really started to hit where, where like mental health kind of became a thing for the first time. Like when, you know, when you're in like a comfy bubble, you grow up in the same hometown, you know, not a whole lot of adversity. It's like there's a certain level of just like, comfortability I guess and uh when I went to UMass it's not like I went too far but you know something about it was just like oh geez um and so immediately I gravitated toward uh Buddhism meditation like I just saw a sign 
for a meditation class, I was like, you gotta try something, man. I feel like I'm going nuts. So, um, so that part's uh, always been there uh, since you know 18 years old. But I I owe it all to my my cousin Chip, um, who's like one of my best friends. Um, when I say in all of it, like Mid State Trail, I'm I'm there with Chip because nature only brings us gifts. Um, he he, you know, I would go on hikes throughout college a little bit like and I liked it I always enjoyed it but he was the one that pushed me like you will he was like you will heal like if you go out in nature like at the very least you'll come out feeling a little bit better than when you came in and nature is like the only place that you can leave everything there and it doesn't ask anything from you and um you know sometimes I wish it kind of it did ask of us because how humans are kind of are treating it um i think we can all like improve there but uh but anyway so i think you know i started really at the mid-state trail which is like near um it's in winchester it's like um it's near wachusett uh it actually like runs through wachusett certain parts of it and it's like just such a beautiful trail uh the part me and my cousin would do is like five seven miles of like hilly but not like steep elevations and we'd just walk you know start at 8 a.m finish at 12 1 whatever it was and uh i got i got addicted pretty quick um it 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 calms your nervous system and then i got into the things like uh there's something called shinrin yoku which is like it's japanese it translates from japanese into english as like forest bathing okay so yeah, they, they have a real, you know, they've got it down to a science of like what it does to your blood pressure, your cord- cortisol, your um, longevity, just everything good that really can happen. Nature makes it, you know, enhances it. So I'm I'm sold on nature for sure, man. I believe that like wholeheartedly what you're saying. And it's funny you, you yeah. like, like somebody else got you into it because same thing with me, like it's so kind of funny, like I, how our, you know, our stories kind of mirror a little bit because I had the same issue, like grow up the same bubble, right? Like North Shore, Massachusetts, right? Suburban neighborhood. Um, not going to sit here and say I didn't go through my hardships, you know, my when, when I was a child and things like that, but because I did, but you know, yeah. I thought of the anxiety, same with you. Mm-hmm it didn't really hit me a ton until I went to college. And then, you know, that first year, that transition, same with me, man. Like, you know, I was, I put on weight. I was so, I was depressed. I was anxious all the time. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't feel like I found, I couldn't find myself and truly what I wanted. And it wasn't until, you know, I kind of started going to do through, through some therapy. And uh, one of my therapists suggested it. He's like, why don't you, start going on in nature and hiking. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. It just never seemed like it was for me. And then it yeah. did, I started teaching. I met a friend of mine, um, Eric, uh, one of my, one of my mm. very friends who actually is on the team with us. He's a blog writer for us, has his own podcast, the TNC podcast teaching. Yeah. Definitely everybody check that out. Uh, oh, for sure. Plug. Uh, but anyway, uh, he, was the one that like got me into really like the big hikes. I'm talking like going into the Mount white mountains and not only, you know, oh, so yeah. he was the one that would be like, Hey man, like you want to go do a hike? And the first time I remember him asking me, 
I was a little unsure of it. He's like, come on, like you're an athlete, like you can do it. And then I always thought about it too. I was only, I think I was 22 when I first did my first big one. This was probably four years ago. And I, you know, I, I, it was hard. It was one of the, I, we have to say it was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. And it, we, you know, it was one of the white mountains. I can't remember which one I want to say we did Lafayette though. That was the one we went, we just went up Lafayette and then right back down. So it was just a day hike. And, but it was amazing. And I remember like my whole body ached. Right. And like, but I remember home, I just felt body, mind, and soul. I felt so like almost the weight was gone in a sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I just felt so much better. And for the next couple of days after that, I was like, oh, my anxiety is like really low right now. This is really amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, every year we would, do, we would do, you know, a couple small ones. But then every year before, right before the school year started, we would do like a big one. We'd do like a full day one. And then yeah. last year we did the whole penny loop. Mm-hmm. So we did like Lafayette, Flume, Garfield, all those. And, you know, I was, I did like my first like camp, um, like yep. over camping. And so I got all the equipment. And I remember we were on the top of Garfield uh, at a campsite you know, staying in yep. lean, but I remember just going out to this big rock that was at the very beginning of the campsite and watching the sunset, you know, after a whole day of getting up there and, you know, mm-hmm. watching the sun just kind of go, you know, set behind the trees, you know, just kind of be one with that. Right. Yeah. See the beauty of that. And then the starry night and just kind of like being one with that, right. and kind of realizing like how small you really are. And like, even though that's that, right make it you feel anxious it's almost like you feel you 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 almost because i think we get we get so wrapped up in our own worlds do you see what i'm saying oh, yeah. you know that like we oh. think we're the center because we are the center of our own world but we think that like oh. everything that happens you're talking yeah. yeah you're talking about who wrote dead center looking around there you go <laughs> so a little, little bit there there in the it all comes full circle but uh no yeah. it's it's, but it's crazy. Like you think that your whole life, you know, that you're yeah. the most important thing and, oh, yeah. and it's not, and that's, it's not, it's, I'm not saying that that's wrong of anybody to feel that way. It's just, it's just kind of human nature. But when you right. through that kind of situation, when you get into nature like that and you kind of realize like, wow, I am just a, like a being of Little. this grand thing. And yeah. it's hard to explain. I don't know if I'm even explaining this the right yeah. way. But long story short, yeah. it, so at ease I think and like and that's yeah. what yeah it, it's been a huge impact on me too so I, I just really kind of noticed that Bro, with you I got a long ways to go um you know not that it's like a competition but oh, I, I think I'm like you know naturally a little bit um competitive at least at least with myself and just like like to try to you know push my hobbies further so I actually have not done a lot of um camping out and like you know multiple day excursions like i've done a lot of long day trip hikes you know eight ten hours stuff like that um but next for me like i really want to i want to like camp in uh in like you know be out there for days at a time because i feel like like you were saying you just get to a, a different space than you can on just those day hikes absolutely not that there's none yeah value in the day stuff but you know especially like with what's going on right now like i think there's a ton of anxiety obviously with you know a lot of people you know with this like things going on in the world right now with social unrest and 
you know, the right. that are happening, which of course, like should make us all anxious. I, you know, I think that it's, if it's not making you anxious, I think it, I mean, I shouldn't say if it's not making you anxious, you don't care, but like, you know, I think, right. but it, it's making us anxious because we care about it. Right. Like, or yeah. most, so. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's undoubtedly, a. uh, a tough time and you know it's like i've more and more like i definitely i want to stay informed and keep learning but then i i'm trying a bit to move away from like any sensationalized news and just get my information from like you know uh reliable uh, educate you know educated just you know activists whatever whatever their discipline is because i started like yeah i had to like delete twitter off my phone um i still like you know go on it sometimes through the web browser but um it's a lot i I don't think our brains are necessarily wired to um to just you know see all that uh, all all these things that outrage us and and hurt us and make us want to you know help our 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 brothers and sisters and, and, you know, everyone who's, who's going through different, different struggles and, and, and oppression and, and racism and all the issues that are at stake. Um, but, you know, when we're scrolling through it constantly, it's like, there's a balance there that in order for me to, to be able to show up in a good headspace where I can help and where I can push the, the, the fight along and be, you know, on, on the right side, it's like, I need, I also need a break and that's where nature comes in. That's where breaks from social media happen. So it's, you know, it's all, I don't think anyone knows the perfect answer, but yeah. There has to be, yeah, there has to be a balance there. You know what I'm saying? And because yeah. you're, you're right, it's so easy to get lost in this right now. And like, I, I'm, I'm agree with you. Like there were, there's been a couple of days in the last couple, maybe I'd say month or really since the George Floyd murder, honestly, but um, there's been a couple of days where, you know, I had obviously like a schedule, like, okay, I'm going to get this done and this done and this done, you know, whatever the case is on my list. And half my day is gone because I'm so invested in what's going on. And I'm, you know, like you said, like I'm learning things, I'm reading things, I'm watching things, I'm listening to other people talk. I'm trying to obviously include myself in the conversation because I think it's important to not only, like obviously we have platforms that we, where we want to, you know, like, like we want to talk, but obviously on the flip side of that, like, you know, it's important for people like you and me to be allies at this time. Right. And like, listen and understand even more than like, I think cause like you and I, I think we have a good grasp on this, but yeah, yeah I got, like just kind of talking to you, I kind of get that sense that you do and, and just seeing what you've posted and things like that, kind of following your, mm-hmm. uh, your timeline and things like that. But yeah, there's still a long way for us to even go, learning it right yeah. but it's like you're right sure. as long as we're on this the right side of this which i think both of us are that yeah. you know that we're doing our part but you're right like we we, we want to we want so badly to create the change that we want to see in the world but a lot of the change has to be within us and if we can't change ourselves grow ourselves it's really difficult mm-hmm. to, to em, like uh, emulate that within society as well i think that's yeah. super you, you kind of see what I'm saying. So like, I think I, you're right. That's where nature for me too kind of comes into it. Like a lot of times yeah. I was like, damn man, like, you know, I, 
don't necessarily have time for like a full hike or like a, but I'm going to go do a trail run in, in, in New Hampshire, like just cross over the border and do a trail run yep. for a couple of hours. And then I come back and thank God, you know what I'm saying? Just. And then you can be productive and, and yeah. And it's like everyone, uh, you know, everyone has their little role. I saw a cool uh, diagram or, or, you know, some sort of chart that showed, uh, you know, how there's just, there's, there's the writers, there's the people on the front lines, there's, you know, a million different things and everyone can kind of find where they, they fit in. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how they help. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's like, it's, it's another endless, you know, it talked about in the beginning of the interview, how the writing process is an endless thing, you know, with stuff like this, it's a, it's an endless iteration to, to find the best way to show up. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, um, I, I obviously do want to commend you because like I said, I see, I see what you're doing. I see what you're posting. I even saw, you know, you took a break from really promoting good grief to, and you, you weren't a lot of artists, uh, you know, I I won't name them on, on here just for their own. I don't want to, you know, put them on the spot that way, but a lot of artists that we work, well, we work with a lot too, and have worked with in the past that, felt the exact same way as you honestly where they're like you know what i'm taking a break from the music side of it right now and i'm really trying to focus on what's going on right now it's so important I mean, even seeing it in the nba like a lot of these nba players they don't want to go back and play right now i think tatum even released a statement today just today as we're recording this he said yeah i honestly didn't feel i don't i don't not even sure like i'm i'm still on the fence about it like i i don't know if i really even want to play i'm gonna play but i'm gonna still continue right you know, do my part with this, with, with what's going on right now with, with, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, the civil, you know, unjust injustices and yeah. all of it's, it's so important. at this point now, man, like you either, it's, you can't, it's not to be ignored. It's just, and, no. but we have to understand it's going to take a toll on our mental health if we that for us not to, for yeah. us to not ignore it. So we have to find ways to cope yeah. with violence. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's, uh, you know, and, and everyone knows in their, in their heart, like whether they're doing what they can, can really do, or, you know, if they need to pick it up, but you know, it's, it's no judgment. It's like, hopefully all in, in due time, um, for everyone. And, you know, um, I think there's definitely an immediate immediacy to it all. There needs to be actionable change every single day but then from that more um you know what exactly is my role standpoint i think that's where you can kind of iterate a little and, and figure out how to show up you know absolutely and whatever sustainable you know change we can create that for it to be sustainable that might take some time it's not going to be the easy fix that we all want you know what i mean and you know because if you know it anything easy sometimes it's it's not is it worth it if it comes so easy you know what i'm saying so it's it's um yeah it's it's really uh, it's difficult and you know obviously like you said we're like our hearts are with you know our black brothers and sisters that are going through this and really all on all minorities that are are having this and dealing with this right now and it's and it's really important for us to kind of like you said to to come together and uh, yeah, 
I'm glad that, you know, it's just good to talk to other people that are trying to do as much as they can and do their part. And but you, like, like I said, I keep reiterating this and you know, not, to, not to beat the dead horse, but, you know, it's yeah. have to be mindful of our own, you know, mental health with this. We can't get too out of hand with it. You know what I mean? Because I've, I mean, even seen some people that, you know, I have friends and family that are so invested in it where mm. it's like that's all they're doing is just posting and posting and posting and posting and posting and i just and i just i worry about some of those people you know what i mean that there's like inability to a little bit you know what i mean that's not selfish to separate from that for a little while it's not yeah totally um i i think of that airplane um oxygen mask analogy a lot where you have to you have to grab it first and then and help others you know help others yeah so it's uh geez man i mean i definitely don't have all all the answers but you know (laughs) i wish i wish i wish we did but you know it's you're right we don't and it's going to take time but as long like you said as long as we're winning these little battles and as long as we're creating positive Mm -hmm. daily and that we keep the dialogue going that's i think the most important thing right now keep that dialogue going this is for anybody listening right now that's you know a content creator or you know you're as small as just an everyday human being like what like you like you said i think you brought up a very profound point here it's like what can you do on a daily basis to change mm-hmm. these things and it can just be something as simple as hey like finding black owned businesses in your community and supporting them that's yeah that's an easy that's it right right like, because a lot of these things don't aren't as hard as they might seem. Cause I know a lot of people that, and I, I talked about this on one of our last podcasts where, mm-hmm. uh, with, with more of the, the, the J Cole, no name situation and, and how oh. cold and, and like, and I actually had a really amazing conversation with, uh, Taha, who's an artist we've talked to, uh, already. Yep. Um, you know, he, I agree with some of the things he's, he brought up a point where he was like, you know, it, you know, for Cole, Cole needs to say something, eventually mm-hmm. because he's a he's a voice and i like and i agree with that 100 percent. but there are we have, to, we have to keep in mind though that there are some people that might not be comfortable voicing it right now they'd maybe rather just listen and learn and that's okay um but yeah. there's there is i i do agree though there is going to come to a point where we listen and learn okay we, we can do that for only for so long now there needs to be right. action so 100 yeah. percent yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I just love to see, like, I think I saw a post that was saying that Black Lives Matter is like the biggest, or this this current phase of it is the biggest movement ever in recorded history. Good. good. So, and I, yeah, it's, uh, good thing. It's happening, but it, it you know, yeah, it, think- it'll keep unfolding. Yeah. yeah. I think we're finally in the position now where it's like, you know, it's come to a head and mm-hmm. we, it's here. There's no mm-hmm. running from it anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I can only go forward though. And, you know, I, and like I said, we need to just continue to like keep the dialogue going. Like, and, and, and I'm glad that we were able to touch base on it today too. And like, and like yeah. I said, obviously again, commend you for everything that you've been posting. I think, I think the biggest thing and the last thing I'll kind of mention with this, with this section of, of, of this, of this episode is, um, Uh I think that it's important 
to be mindful of what we're posting. And like you said, I, I always think of it in terms of and what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm posting right now, is this based in fact or is it based in opinion? And while I think, I think our opinions are valid and important, we should hear them, I think yeah. it's more important, much more important to be posting and mm-hmm. talking about factual things versus yeah. the, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And, um, you know, I think, especially for white people, it's like, um, you're gonna, you're gonna mess up. You're, you just are, especially, you know, if you grew up in, in the suburbs and, you know, you weren't, you weren't, you didn't grow up around a lot of minorities or whatever it may be. If you, if you had any sort of sheltered existence, you're going to mess up when you're, even if you're trying to help sometimes. And so I think a hard part of it is like, people don't want to sometimes admit they're wrong and they don't want to feel embarrassed or, but you know, it's clearly bigger than all that. So it's like, it's just about putting the, I think, uh, or part of it is just putting the, leaving the ego at the door. And then, um, you know, if you mess up, you got to be humble about it and you, and you got to admit it and you just got to correct course. And it's, you know, that's kind of a stoic way to look at it, but, um, you know, yeah, like you said, we have to we have to grow and we have to grow positively or else, you know what I mean? Like just, you know, one mistake. I, that's why this cancel culture is just really tough right now because it's like, I think people, like you're saying, people are afraid because they don't want to be quote unquote canceled, you know, whether that it's yeah. even on the scale of like, you know, if you're an artist or a podcaster or whoever, like, and you don't want to be canceled quote unquote by your fans or it's like, you don't want to be canceled by your friends if so, or you're in your family. Yeah. It's, it's, you said it's a slippery slope, but it's, you know, we have to, like you said, we have to all leave our ego at the door and be a little bit more mindful of, of, of how we move. And if we make a mistake yeah. to, and, and move forward and, and, and write that wrong and continue it in a, in a productive way. I think that that's, yeah, you're absolutely right. And if you could, you could royally F up in something you said, even if it's not based in hate or intolerance just because that can happen. But I think a majority of the time where you're going to get, you know, canceled is if you're speaking from a place of hate and intolerance, if you try, if you have love behind what you're saying and you really feel you do, you still might be wrong (laughs) or you still might get a fact wrong or whatever it is. But, you know, I think it's like a lot, it's a lot less likely that you'd have the hammer come down on you like that. You're really trying to be an, you know, an ally and, and, and make sense of it. So, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of self-education though. Excellent point. And, uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think the moral of this too, it's like, you know, this is important. Continue everybody that's listening to this, right. Whether who, no matter who you are, continue the conversation, continue the dialogue, continue to talk about it, but try to find, don't get too wrapped up in it. Find an outlet that you can kind of grasp onto to sort of, you know, uh, you know, help your own mental health out with this because we're all this. I said we're we're in a difficult time with so yeah. different things happening right now. But we have to just, you know, we have to all on a personal level figure out a way. I mean, obviously, you and I have nature. That's like a thing that we do, and, and music I think is also part of that as well for both of us. But yeah. that doesn't have to be it for other people. But I'm just saying, like, find your thing that yeah. help 
you you ease your your mental health and i think that that's it's just it, that is something that's not being talked about i don't think as enough so i agree um and yeah you know i have a friend that like is super busy like and you know doing a lot of things and he'll just like go fish when he can and that's that's meditative to him and uh it's even as simple as just like you know because not everyone has the maybe the luxury to to you know do do whatever it is like maybe you go out and, and camp but um even if you can just like find grass and and put your feet in it you know ground yourself probably sounds a little you know a little a little hippie-ish but whatever it is even if it's just a walk just a walk through the city like it's whatever you know whatever it is for you 100 percent. actually though i'm curious because i know you've been interviewing a lot of different artists and and just immersed in the scene who who right now for you is like you know maybe top three top five like who are your favorites to listen to right now out of boston any any genre he's flipping it on me i like it (laughs) (laughs) he's flipping it on me he's interviewing me Oh man. Yeah. All right. Good question. So at this very moment in time, like, yo, like people know, like I mess with like, I mess with Washi. I mess with Marcel Stefan. I mess with Zafir. I mess with the Van Buren camp. Like those are like my boy, like, all, like especially more Washi, Zafir, Marcel, Kamai, and Dolo, Taha. Like those are like my boys. Like those are the, those are the guys. Like, you know, I'm, I'm probably leading yeah. people out, but right now who I'm really listening to, uh, he, yeah. Heath 240, and again, he's kind of an arcade, uh-huh. like Heath 240, bro. I'm telling yeah. you, he's next. Yeah, like, he's got yeah. Okay, I, I, well, and he's from Roxbury. From here, living here, Roxbury. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So he's a guy, definitely thousand percent. Um, mm-hmm. the other guy that I think is just uber talented and really just he's young and he's still figuring it out, but he is just like i said just so talented and you can just tell like he once he figures out fully what his sound is he's gonna pop his um hex from kingston he's another guy that you really if you haven't checked him out he's another. yeah i will so yeah i love you uh you got deep into it so it's it's pretty cool i am deep into it and then the last part last one um you know i'm actually gonna go with a female rapper who is uh really kind of uh popping off for me right now is vintage lee she's very oh she's yeah gonna- i'm gonna name another female rapper or singer rapper um memes uh pretty sure it's it's N-E-E-M-Z. Um, she has one single on Spotify, but it's going crazy right now. It's called um, Running Through the City. Where's she from? She from? Uh, I think she's from around, you know, definitely Mass. Um, but that is the most infectious song. Like, I feel like it would, it would, it would fit on your podcast possibly. Um, oh, yeah, wow. I was like, it was real refreshing. Absolutely. um okay i'll i'm gonna i'm gonna add that right now and just make sure that that gets on a playlist at some point or whatever uh, oh yeah memes okay here she is running through yeah, the she's great. um running through the city yeah but i'm i'm big yeah. on lee right now because i love tierra whack 
and she, I think there's there's definitely some similarity between the two of them and just kind of their cadence and how they do their delivery. So yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's great. I, it's funny. I was riding around with my friends when I was in Providence for the fourth and uh, was playing only Boston music or Brock, you know, Brockton, Boston, Mass, Massachusetts music. Like I had on like St. Leo, and then I, you know, had on this, this Neme song and then had on like some, whatever, you know, whatever it is, Ed Balloon. And it was funny because I was like, there's enough music in the city to just, just take a ride and be listening to enough? Massachusetts. Dude, there's, yeah. this is, bro, this is why we, we pivoted more towards this because like in like really putting on for the Boston music scene and, and really just the math, like I said, the, like you saying the Massachusetts music scene in general, because it, there's so much talent here and like, it's almost overwhelming because, you know, I never really immersed myself into it until fairly recently. Right. Like I said, and, and it's been one of those things for me where it's like, I feel like I learned every, like, like said names, like now that's a new one that I just learned this week. Like every week I'm learning about a new person or a new artist that's, that I haven't heard right now yet. And even other genres too, like, I know I mentioned it earlier, way earlier in the beginning of the show, but, uh, ripe. They're like a, like a funk band, the funk band that mm-hmm. you gotta check out too. They're really cool. I think, I believe most of them are from the South shore, but they all met, I want to say at Berkeley school, uh, at Berkeley. I'm not a th- sure but they're yeah. awesome yeah it's 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 amazing it's um so much i haven't yeah it's it's great and you know i haven't been in the living in the city that long like you know i don't consider myself um a boston artist necessarily but more of a artist living in boston and, and a massachusetts artist um and it's just exciting. It's just exciting because it's not, it's not slowing down. It's only speeding up. I, yeah. You know what? And I think we're, I'm happy. Like a lot of, you know, we, we've made so many awesome connections and we have now like a little network behind us and I'm not sure it's not even that little. It's, 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 pretty, it's good size now. And, and but the, but the problem yeah. about it too is like, it's so just like you said, encouraging and it feels like we're a part of something a lot bigger there's this movement in the state, right? I think a state of Massachusetts right now, this music, like it's a state that hasn't really gotten a lot of exposure on a national level. And that's really our goal. We, we want, we want to like, in an ideal world, we want to, we would want to be the plug for the whole world, like the whole, not only the country, but the whole world for, Hey, like this is what got going on. Like we got, we got it right now. You know what I mean? Like we're next, you know, that's how I, I feel that way. And there's a lot of different kinds of music, right? Like I know you're rooted in hip hop, but like we talked about it before, like, you know, you, you give a lot more other types of sounds than just hip hop. So that's why and you know, someone like you and the Van Buren camp, right? Totally different sounds, but still hip hop. But yeah. even though the, yeah. so cool, like just, that's just an example, but it's, it's, it's dope, man. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, I think turntable caught caught my eyes and ears because I like how you stuck to like what you know you took the teacher part of it and like you just it's just very it's it's you and I don't know the you know the other guys on the team but you can just tell it's coming from like a a place of being a, a music lover a fan even like a you know a hip hop like a hip hop head like and so um it immediately like 
I was like, oh, I'm gonna send my my EP to these guys. They seem they seem cool, and I was listening to it, and yeah, it's it good stuff, man. No, I was so excited. Like you, like you actually, it's funny. Like guys like you, Taha was another guy. I mentioned him a little earlier. Like he's another guy. Like you guys both sent me your stuff, and we get a lot of submissions. Like a lot of people send us our like send us their stuff, and uh, but the ones that really stick out to me are the people that articulate a legitimate like. Or some or something legitimate that's a little like uh you know more more than just yo here's my new track like bump it or like let me know what you think you sent me yeah. like you were like hi my name is mako like i'm from you know the boston area like i have this ep coming out soon like here's my single rap yeah. like i would love if you would like to check it out like like you actually gave like a legitimate like yeah respond and, and like in, in a in a very eloquent mature way and so that like obviously i said this to taha too when he came on the show too i was just like dude what set like what first caught my eye really was your email and because for me personally mm -hmm. as an english teacher that's something yeah. hard with my kids i'm like guys you have to send professional emails with everything you do because you'll stand up and just be like hey here's my here's my new song listen to it thanks like <laughs> No, exactly, man. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. So, yeah. like I say, it comes from we want to, we, like we do in a sense, like it's we want to educate. Not only, it's funny, man, because one of my producers, all right, Sam, he, yeah. uh, our, our lead producer, Sam, he, yeah. uh, he's been sharing lately, especially, he's been sharing all of it with like his, his crew of friends. And oh, cool. they're blown away. They're like, this guy's from Massachusetts. This girl's from Massachusetts. That guy's from Massachusetts. This yeah. from Massachusetts. Like, you never know. Who was here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I almost feel like we want to not only educate the, like, you, like you say, we want to, we have to start within ourselves. We want to educate yeah. Massachusetts. Like, hey, yo, we have all this in our backyard. Like, y'all, like, support yeah. these people. You know what I mean? Like, so we, so they all don't leave like they traditionally yeah. all do, you know? Right. It's coming. I think, and I think a lot of people are leaving with the goal of coming back now, or if they have left, you know, they're, they're supporting behind the scenes and, and building things over on this, this side. So that's amazing to see too. It's, you know, whereas in the past, it might've just been, you, you go to LA and you go to New York and that's kind of the only way you do it. Maybe you go to Atlanta. Um, I think people are kind of starting to think like, what's the infrastructure? H how do we, how do we build it? How do we sustain it? Stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think we're like at the forefront and in the beginning stages, the infancy stages, but I think we're, it's now the, the wheels are turning here. And I think we're yeah. in stages of that happening. I mean, hey man, that's, I, that's the goal, dude. It's like, that's really our goal right now is, is to just keep pushing, you know, as many artists as we possibly can and, and, and showing yeah not only massachusetts but yeah as whoever will listen to us <laughs> this is this is what's coming out of massachusetts and yeah man and like I've just yeah. been, it, it, it does come from a place of passion for us personally like for me like i've always been a huge fan of music i mean i have a story i'm not even gonna you know we've i'm not gonna waste my time talking about it here like my, my a lot of our our listeners know it and you know but um you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, I'm happy that, you know, we are now kind of a, a respected, um, you know, entity within the, the, the Massachusetts music scene. I, I think we do important work and I want to continue to do important work for all of you guys. And I think it's super, yeah. like I said, 
really vital. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's my pleasure, honestly. Like you guys, yeah. you, you, I listen to you guys more than, than I do some of the, uh, some of the mainstream stuff these days. I, 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 speaking of which, yeah. last question. Yeah. First of all, you've been, yeah. like I said, you've been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for this whole, like all of this, all, all, yeah. all the episode was just an absolute blast. Anybody that's, I loved it, yeah. anybody that's made it through this far, I, I'm sure you have a lot to take away from, from this episode. And, and we thank Mako so much for being here. My question. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, um, my last question I ask everybody that comes on this show. Dreams I wonder what this is. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what, right? It's it's not as much of a surprise anymore. Like I was telling you a little earlier, like before we recorded, like I I threw it in on uh, the pre-notes because I was just like, it's it's it, cats out of the bag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We get a lot of good feedback with it, so it's and it's fun. It's it's a cool little thing. So, dream yeah. song. Okay, you can make yep. a song with any artist, dead or alive. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'll structure for you. You get a producer or like someone to do, or like you, you can pick a couple of different, like some people cheat and they do like a couple of different, like types of instrumentation, mm-hmm. from different people. You know what I mean? Like if you want quest love, drop, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> melody from Pharrell or what, I don't know, whatever you want. Um, so you get one track, you get a mm-hmm. somebody to do the production. Okay. You have, mm-hmm. you get a verse, you get two guest yeah. and you sure. get a hook. Who, okay. Who's on that song? Go. Okay. Production, I want. I want guitar from Tom Mish. Um, I freaking love Tom Mish, dude. He's the shit. That's great. Oh, my gosh. He, great. His new wow. album. Awesome, by the way. I know, I'm sure you've heard oh. it. Oh. Yeah, actually, my my first mixtape, I, I only put it on SoundCloud, so I just took a bunch of people's beats. I wasn't gaining money from it anyway, so I just credited them, you know, put it up for free. And uh, he was a couple of the beats. So, um, south, south, of, south of the river, bro, on his ah, – what's that? Oh, yeah. South of the river, bro. Yeah. That song is my shit. I love that Great. song. I'm glad you like them. That's funny. Uh, so it'll be, and then I think just like on for the rest of the production, whatever, you know, beats, pads, whatever it is. Um, I like uh, uh, Dev Hines from uh, from Blood Orange. Um, yes, yes. And I think they could do some cool stuff. I think both from the UK too. Eclect- eclectic. Yeah. It would be it would be up your real yeah. house. All right, I like where this is going. Continue, continue. Yeah. And so, um, for and now it's two verses and a hook, right? Verses and a hook. You you get one okay. of the making like a traditional song, like three verses, the hook, all that stuff. So you you get a verse, cool. two guest verses, and a guest hook. Cool. Oh, by the way, I want to put I want to put Owen, who is uh, my producer back here. I want to have him do the drums, maybe in conjunction with 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 Dev Hines, but yeah, we we've been making some good stuff. Um, I'll keep it local for for the hook too. I want uh, Sleeping Bella on the on the hook. Sleeping Bella. Um, yeah, check check her music out. She's great. Um, she's an amazing singer. Me um, <laughs> what you said? I said you're giving me some homework, bro. <laughs> 
she's great. And then for the verses, I'll go. Um, I want a verse. I I don't think I can not say Kendrick. You got a Kendrick verse. I'll uh, pay the, the millions of dollars for it. And then uh, <laughs> the other one, I'd like a um, I'd like a verse from Mavi. Hmm. Uh, yeah, have you heard it? I have. I have. Yeah. I don't I don't know like a ton of his stuff, but I know who he is. I've heard him, but I, I couldn't like tell you a song, put it that way. Right. And I'll add in one more thing because now we're just going going balls to the wall. Uh <laughs> I think uh if there's a way to get to get Neil Young on there with with some harmonica. I don't know what the hell this sound is, this this song is gonna sound like, but if that can work, I want song. I'm like whatever the heck you want. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, a couple of local people, and then you know some some dream uh, artists. Wow, wow. We we always talk about this all the time. We're like maybe someday yeah. we put all this out into the universe, right? Like we'll 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 make like a turntable teachers album, and you guys will all be able to create all these songs. Just put them out. <laughs> But, cool, man. Turn it, manifest it. Yeah, we're gonna try to manifest it, man. You know, we're uh, we, got, cool. we, got, we got a lot of things up here in the works that you know, and, yeah. and a conversation yeah. out here we want to do. So yeah, hey, we'll see. Maybe someday, you know. Yeah, but that, that sounds like yeah. that a hell of a song, dude. I don't know. I would I would be into it because okay. there's a lot of variety there, a lot of mixing. Like you said, not, I don't know how it would blend, but it would it would, it would figure we'd figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it, cool. man. Mako. All right. Thank you so much. We really appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you. Great. I said this flew by. Yeah, it was a great combo. I know. It usually, these things usually do. It seriously does. So, yeah. man, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you guys right. for tuning in. Yeah. Episode. Thanks, everyone. Uh, make sure guys, oh, absolutely. Make sure you guys go follow Mako on Instagram at Mako Says, right? Is that? Yep. M A K O S A Y S. Everything will be linked in the description. Good Grief, the EP is linked in the description of this episode. So make sure you definitely go check out that on Spotify, Apple. It's out on all streaming services. And uh, obviously, if you're a fan of Mako and you're just kind of, you know, getting turned on to us, make sure you check out, you know, all of our past guest speaker episodes and, uh, you know, subscribe to us on your, your podcast streaming service of choice. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Table Teachers. Do it up. Absolutely. <laughs> And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here, Mako. This is Mako. Yeah. With the turntable teachers, and class is dismissed. Turn, 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 turn,